The most shocking part of Tucker Carlson getting fired from Fox News isn't that he got fired. It's that anyone was shocked about it. Let's talk about what's going on because it ain't what they say it is. You're listening to the Propaganda Report's Drive Time News Blast. I am Brad Binkley. Top story is that if attention is something that Don Lemon desires, yesterday couldn't have been a worse day for him to get canned because Tucker Carlson also got fired, as you know, which unfortunately for Don means that when it comes to his firing, no one cares. It would have been hard to care anyway, seeing as for most of us, for me anyway, Don was as good as fired when he got his CNN Tonight Show taken away from him, and he was made the co-host of the early morning CNN show with two female co-hosts, where to his credit, in his short time hosting there, he was able to do something that no one really thought possible. He showed straight men everywhere that there is, in fact, someone who understands heterosexual women less than they do, and that person's name is Don Lemon who greatly offended his co-host and many other women when he said that Nikki Haley was past her prime to run for president. And he's also apparently known to make misogynistic jokes. I had no idea. I wonder if they're funny or if they just call everyone a misogynist who they don't like. It's one of those common smears, which, by the way, uh, before we talk about Tucker, while CNN is losing a lemon, they're gaining a Barkley. That's right, a Charles Barkley, that is. He will be co-hosting a new CNN primetime show with Gail King. And Gail King appeared on NBA Tonight, the show that Charles does with Shaquille O'Neal and Kenny Smith and I can't remember the other guy, but the NBA show that they do during the season. And she was there so they could talk to the gang about this new CNN show that they're going to be doing together. And during her appearance, Charles told the NBA Tonight crew that he didn't want the new CNN show him and Gail were doing together to be political. And then a moment later, when one of the other guys asked him what the show would be like, Charles then responded by talking about mass shootings. (laughs) Mass shootings he obviously hadn't researched because... Two of the three he mentioned weren't mass shootings, and I think he was a little loose with the facts there. Their new CNN show, this show that he does not want to be political, will be debuting in the fall of 2024, right smack dab in the middle of what will likely be the most politically divisive presidential campaign in American history. So, good luck, Chuck, on keeping it non-political. The show will be called King Charles. I really like what CNN is doing here out with Lemon, in with Barkley, because they're with Don Lemon, they're getting rid of a guy who ticked off all women, as I mentioned, when he made the comment about Nikki Haley, and has this long history that I never knew about of misogynistic jokes and uh, just being cruel to women. Strange thing to hear about Don Lemon anyway. So he's out, right? That guy, that misogynistic guy who makes fun of women. And they're bringing in Charles Barkley, who's the guy who's been going on TBS for years, making fun of how fat San Antonio women are. It's like a running joke that he talks about is how fat they are. And Charles also has a long history of telling misogynistic jokes. Ones that are often funny, though, too. So out with one misogynist, in with another. We'll see if they like him. I don't know if Chuck's going to cater like uh, the rest of them did, but we'll see. It's just interesting. Chuck knows basketball. Charles Barkley. They call him Chuck. So he can talk casually without having notes and and researching just watching the game during halftime after the game 
But you can't really do that when you're doing a news show on CNN. So it's going to be interesting to see what level of research, research he brings to, if any. But anyway, it'll be entertaining to see. Fox News should should hire Shaquille O'Neal. They should just make it a opposing thing. Give, give Tucker's spot to Shaquille O'Neal, and I'll watch it for sure. Okay, let's talk about Tucker now, whose firing, according to the media, was so shocking and earth-shaking that it left half of these dimwits in the media with resting, mind-blown emoji face, an improvement from the resting bitch face that some of them usually have. I'm looking at you, Jake Tapper. Anyway, there was nothing shocking uh, about this story, in my opinion. This was something that was obviously going to happen. And, you know, Fox settling the Dominion suit, showing their true controlled opposition colors and the Ray Epps interview and a bunch of other things were all signaling to something like this about to to go down. You know, I didn't know exactly what it was, but something was obviously coming at, at Fox News. So here's why I think that we can speculate all day long about why Tucker got fired or didn't get fired, and was it Big Pharma got mad at him, looming lawsuits, whatever else. And maybe those are factors, but I think that there is a simpler answer, at least a simpler way to look at it. So let's say the war in Ukraine continues and it escalates to the point of the United States and NATO just openly joining the war, like maybe even officially joining the war, entering into a war against Russia. And I don't mean the proxy kind that we're doing now or the weapons training with the boots on the ground now. I mean, our soldiers and NATO soldiers have officially been deployed to go fight a war against Russia. And this isn't something we're hiding. In fact, we're open about it and we're so open about it that there's even maybe a nationwide mobilization effort going on over here to garner support for the war effort. If that were the situation, Is there any chance in hell that someone would be allowed to go on a network like Fox News or any of the other mainstream networks and criticize our blind allegiance to Ukraine? Or to make any anti-war statements at all, really? No, of course not. There's no way that that perspective, that point of view would be allowed on any mainstream network. Because when we are at war, this has been true historically, or we're leading up to a war, Criticisms of that war effort and anti-war positions are seen by the establishment as undermining the war effort and therefore unacceptable and must be purged and pushed to the fringes of society and policies must be implemented to punish those who engage in that type of speech. Dissident free speech is, is censored, it's silenced and is pushed off the mainstream when a war is looming. I told you about the, the presidential candidate, the socialist, back in during World War I, Eugene Debs, who was put in prison during the war because he criticized the war effort. He was anti-war. And they imprisoned him for it, and he had to run for president from prison. I think that was the Espionage Act that they had enacted for that. And that's not just a one-off thing here. This, like I said, is a tried-and-true pattern. Listen to this. This is from, I believe this is First Amendment Watch website. Writing for a unanimous U.S. Supreme Court, Justice Oliver Wendell Holmes declared Schenck versus the United States, this is in 1919, that when a nation is at war, many things might be said in times of peace are such a hindrance to its, to its effort that their utterance will not be endured so long as men fight, and that no court could regard them as protected by any constitutional right. In other words, basically, the the Supreme Court at the time declared that the government could restrict speech uh, more 
during times of war than they can during times of speech. And it's all about how they apply that. Now, they repeal those laws, and then the next war comes, and they make another one. You know, they, they've been doing that for 100 years, longer, I'm sure. Actually, they've been doing this since the, the Revolutionary War, since we first started as a country. Here's a couple other examples of dissidents being censored during World War I. The Los Angeles Board of Education at the time prohibited all discussions of peace. All discussions of peace are not allowed. I mean, that's, that's crazy, right? You're, you're bad if you're talking about peace. An Ohio farmer, his name was John White, was imprisoned for, starting, or for stating that soldiers in American camps were dying off like flies and that the murder of innocent women and children by German soldiers was no worse than what the United States soldiers did in the Philippines. And then there was a Minnesota man who was arrested under a state espionage law for criticizing women knitting socks for soldiers, saying no soldier ever sees these socks. He was arrested for that. Then, because it's all about that morale. They want to keep the, the war morale up and everybody's supporting it. So even knitting socks, they don't want people criticizing it because it will undermine that morale. And then 27 South Dakota farmers were convicted for sending a petition to the government objecting to the draft and calling the conflict a capitalist war. That's what they were, that's what they were convicted for. Uh, the Free Speech Center is what this website is called. Excuse me. And uh, listen to this one here. This is from a website called whatitmeanstobeamerican.org. And this is uh, an Arizona State University and a Smithsonian website. And it says, Once the United States joined the fight, for, a fight against the Kaiser... In Germany, Congress and Wilson's own administration implemented legislation and surveillance programs designed to keep Americans safe by rooting out subversive activity and crushing dissent. Tolerance was out the window. Public discourse very quickly defined a new clear dichotomy between the righteous people of the U.S. and the bestial German Hun, between us and them. As Congress assembled for Wilson's war, Wilson's war message, Texas Representative Joe Eagle told the Wisconsin State Journal, the Kaiser is a caveman with murder in his heart. He is bent on the unwavering course of brute force and pillage. The language of peace, neutrality, and forbearance had almost immediately given way to the language of war. Dehumanizing and bellicose dehumanizing and designed to create a noble enterprise worthy of the sacrifice of thousands of lives. Through posters, pamphlets, and movies, the nation's propaganda office, the Committee on Public Information, spread the message of the righteous war against the evil Hun. Some familiar elements to what we hear about Russia today. It goes on to say, Official and vigilant actions, as well as social pressure, made debate and dissent difficult, particularly in Wisconsin, where during World War I, at least 38% of the state's population had Ger Germanic heritage, Germanic heritage, and thus was immediately suspect. In Ashland, Wisconsin, the Loyal Knights of Liberty tarred and feathered at least four men they deemed disloyal. Letters were sent to other individuals in the community. Letters that were sent to other individuals made clear the importance of behaving as loyal Americans. In northeastern Wisconsin, a bartender was heralded as a patriot for assaulting a patron who spoke ill of the army. The victim of this assault was referred to federal authorities. I mean, that's crazy. A couple more interesting things here. Throughout the state of Wisconsin, individuals who criticized the government or refused to buy war bonds could wake up to find their home painted yellow or a sign posted labeling them as slackers. Hundreds of these and similar actions, which were reported faithfully in the local newspapers and to the Federal Bureau of Investigation, 
made clear that comments critical of the war should be kept to oneself. To help find traitors, the Bureau of Investigation started the American Protective League, an organization of volunteers who spied and informed on their neighbors. You remember the sedition hunters, the online group who spied and told on their Facebook friends who they found pictures of outside the Capitol on January 6th? I mean, a lot of this stuff is sounding familiar here. And this isn't just World War I. Like I said, it's every war. And if we end up, and, uh, and NATO, end up entering this war against Russia alongside Ukraine, the powers that be are going to do the same thing they always do. They are going to attempt to, us to silence anti-war dissidents. Tucker Carlson would not be able to express some of the anti-war sentiment that he has expressed if this were the situation. And look, I think he was always going to get removed because we appear to be getting closer towards some sort of conflict, towards entering this war. And they already demonize anybody who questions the aid to Ukraine. I mean, you're awful. You're a MAGA Republican. You're, you're one and the same as Putin. You're a domestic terrorist. I mean, this is already happening. So what's going to happen now with like Fox News? I mean, this is kind of like the, the Great Media Reset, because I call the Ukraine-Russia war the, the first war of the Great Reset. The Great Media Reset, where we purge the dissident voices. And look, I understand people have a lot of questions about Tucker. We'll get to that in a minute. But regardless of what you think about him, he did express distant sentiment. He did question the Ukraine war. And they replaced those with only pro-war messengers. And what happens then is the controlled left and the controlled right, the controlled Fox, the controlled CNN, controlled MSNBC can, can go on fighting with each other over domestic issues. But when it comes to international issues of war, they'll all be singing the same tune. I think that's what's going on here. Now, let's talk about that elephant in the room uh, when it comes to Tucker. His dad, as many of you know, Dick Carlson, Richard Carlson, was a prominent propagandist at the highest levels of the United States government. He was the director of Voice of America and the director of the United States Information Agency, both propaganda organs of the state. His dad had propaganda skills, okay? Tucker, Apple, doesn't seem to fall too too far from the tree because he's definitely picked up a thing or two from his old dad. They've both got skills. There's no doubt about that. So what does that mean? You know, does that mean we can't trust anything Tucker says and we should just dismiss it? No, like we shouldn't dismiss anything that propagandists say because they try and tell, they try and lie with the truth as much as they possibly can. So we should evaluate the content. It's the media literacy people that tell you only to look at the source and never engage in the information because that's how they prevent you from seeing actual information that they do put out there that is relevant and true and useful. So no, it doesn't mean we should just dismiss anything anyone says outright, but does it mean it's not possible for Tucker to, you know, maybe see the light? I mean, sure, it's possible that he might, come to see the light or have come to see the light. It's possible for anybody to do that, I believe. I believe in redemption for anyone. And, uh, you know, I I don't know anything about Tucker other than what I see on TV and what his background is. Uh, Like, he certainly said many things on Fox that have surprised me to hear that, that, like, I, I agreed with and I couldn't believe that he was allowed to say them on Fox News, which that in and of itself made me skeptical about it. But, like, 
you know, stuff that you wouldn't hear on any other mainstream network. Like, like he went after Fauci. He asked questions about the 2020 election. He's defended people's rights to, to ask questions. He's criticized the billions in aid to Ukraine. He even called out Big Pharma. So, like, he started to sound like one of us. And then he was seemingly banned for sounding like one of us. Just like many, many of us have gotten our videos banned in the past from YouTube and gotten strikes on our channels or had our websites taken down. It's almost like he was made into a martyr for the cause of the skeptical, conspiracy-minded dissidents like us. And perhaps like we might even feel an urge to rally around him. Which is why I believe we have to be careful. When it, when it comes to Tucker, and we have to remember that background that I talked about. We have to remember his skill set in the art of propaganda. Because if I were one of these elites and I wanted to be able to mobilize and, you know, kind of control the dissonant opinion, the dissonant movement without them realizing it, Tucker's probably the guy right now that I'd want on the inside heading up that job. And we know that the people they try to influence us with aren't the people we disagree with right off the bat. They're the ones that we are most likely to trust or be rallied in some tribal emotional way and to supporting without putting much thought into what's what we're being told and what's being asked of us. So right now, Tucker is best positioned more so than anyone else to have influence over those of us on the so-called fringe. Now, getting booted from Fox gives him street cred, you know, and we like street cred. Everybody likes somebody who they identify with having street cred, man. Look, you know, I don't know what Tucker's deal is. I don't know what he's doing. But I know this. We don't have to blindly trust anyone. We're not required to. No matter how much we like what they're saying or how funny we think they might be or how great we think they've been lately or how much we want what they're saying to be true or how much we want them to be the genuine article and we want them to be on our side. And we want them to not be a Fed or something. We, we still do not have to blindly trust them. In fact, it's our duty not to. Because if we just say, I like this person, I like this chick, I like this dude, I am no longer going to be scrutinizing what they say, nor questioning the actions they tell me to take. Well, then we are wide open to the very type of propaganda that's designed for us. Uh, I mean, that, that's, that leaves us pretty vulnerable. It, it puts everything on whether or not we chose right to trust someone. I know we don't necessarily always just choose to trust people. It's more of an emotional thing, a feeling. But we just need to keep like in, in the back of our minds, you know, his skill set, his background, and the fact that he is in a perfect position to be someone that could be planted in order to influence in ways down paths that we might not otherwise want to go down. He could also not be that. But the only way that we can verify that what he says is legit and, and, and true and that the actions that he may or may not recommend are good and in our, in our best interest is to scrutinize him and what he says just as hard, probably harder, as we do the things those we already don't believe say. That's always going to be the way we protect ourselves from propaganda. It's on our shoulders. It's not on just hoping we can trust them because that... If that's the way we, we operate, and that's the way the media wants to operate, by the way, because they know, they know how the propaganda works, we are eventually going to run into a propagandist who wins our trust quickly and can just slip propaganda in, you know, un, unchecked. 
Also, we can't let tribal appeals and our dislike of the mainstream, the other side, quote, uh, air quotes, uh, we, can't like, we can't allow that to pull us in emotionally and short circuit our thinking. That's the way I think about it anyway. Okay, the other thing I want to talk about today is very exciting news. Biden's 2024 presidential announcement. But before I get to that, I wanted to give you guys a heads up that I will be recording the XR, the subscriber-only portion of the show for both today and tomorrow's show. I'll be recording that and posting those tomorrow. So look out for that tomorrow. Again, that's the subscriber-only portion of the show. I'm going to be changing up the way that I do that a little bit, adding in some consistent themes to that subscriber-only portion of the show. So thank you guys for hanging in there and supporting the show uh, with Patreon, patreon.com slash propaganda report. I appreciate it. That is the way that I fund the show. And if you guys want to check out the subscriber-only portion of the show, where on top of getting that extra content, you also get this show, the DMB app ad-free. I take out all the ads for subscribers. Go to patreon.com slash propaganda report. You can also find me at freedomaxradio on twitter.com and the website is propagandafight.com youtube.com slash brad binkley. I put videos up there when I don't think that they will get me a strike on my channel because they do sometimes and rumble.com slash the prop report I believe what it is over there. Okay on to that final very exciting story of the day. President Biden announced earlier today his 2024 campaign re-election bid, sort of. He didn't actually announce anything himself anyway. Instead, his campaign released a three-minute video announcing his re-election bid for him, which is a, a very exciting way to say, let's do it again. And also, nothing really says, I'm going all in on a half-ass White House run, than a, a three-minute montage of, of images with music underneath it and voiceover. I mean, what a great excitement. That's the most I don't give a rat's ass presidential excite, presidential announcement that I've ever heard of. Either he doesn't care. He cares so little uh, about connecting with his supporters that he's just like, I'm going to just do a video. Or he just can't do it. Or he's just physically unable to get out in front of a, a, a big crowd to make this announcement that he's running again. And, and we're supposed to believe, if that one's the case, that he is going to be able to endure the campaign trail again? Oh, wait. He didn't endure the campaign trail last time because he campaigned from a basement in 2020. He ran the type of campaign that an incel living in his mother's basement might run. Also not really accurate to call it a presidential run, more like a sit, really. President Biden finally announces his 2024 presidential sit. He's got one more sit in him. In fact, with all the new AI and deepfake technology out there, perhaps he doesn't even have to do that. He might not even have to show up at all. Then he have to get out of bed to run for president. He would love that. Just let him stand around creeping people out all day talking to nobody in the corner or something. Biden did make a slight public appearance today, speaking to a group of building trade union people about his campaign, telling them, and this is a quote, we, you and I, together, we're turning things around and we're doing it in a big way before Biden hit them with his new campaign slogan, it's time to finish the job. Finish the job. Which coincidentally is the same thing Hunter is known to tell random strangers just after pulling his penis out. The video announcement opened up with a familiar scene that all Americans will recognize. Images of January 6th at the Capitol. 
Okay, with all these music beats in the first 30 seconds or so, well, maybe just the first 10, every time it goes ding, ding, like it's a horror movie or something, it shows a different image of January 6th people at the Capitol. Freedom. (laughs) Personal freedom is fundamental to who we are as Americans. There's nothing more important, nothing more sacred. That's been the work of my first term, to fight for our democracy. Personal freedom and democracy. Fighting for those things have been the mark of his presidency, he said. Personal freedom, you know, like the kind experienced by those January 6th defendants who've been treated like domestic terrorists and detained indefinitely without trial. In Biden's America, you get personal freedom just as long as you're an obedient little slave. The personal freedom to do what you're told. That's the Joe Biden promise. He's done the opposite of fight for personal freedom and democracy. Like literally, he's destroyed democracy and destroyed personal freedom. Work of my first term to fight for our democracy. This shouldn't be a red or blue issue protect our rights, to make sure that everyone in this country is treated equally and that everyone is given a fair shot at making it. Unless you're a MAGA Republican. There's always that exception, that caveat. But you know, around the country, MAGA extremists are lining up to take on those bedrock freedoms. Cutting Notice so- how the music transitions. They do this in all of his ads. They did it in 2016. It started in the beginning. Ding, ding, ding. And then when it goes to transition to Biden or a montage of photo images of Biden with music underneath it, suddenly it goes from scary, dangerous music to hopeful, elevator-type music. Social security that you paid for. So these are all the things MAG is just going to destroy and they want to take away from you. They want everything. For your entire life while cutting taxes for the very wealthy, dictating what healthcare decisions women can make, banning books. And They should just have a bunch of guys in red MAGA hats Kicking a woman right in the vagina, just punting her in the vagina because they hate women. Just to really show what MAGA Republicans are all about. Vote Biden or vote for women getting punted in the vagina. Telling people who they can love, all while making it more difficult for you to be able to vote. All right, now we see Kamala and Joe in a slow motion walk, hugs. Biden hugging people who probably don't want to be when hugged. I ran for president four years ago. I said we're in a battle for the soul of America. And we still are. Of course. The question we're facing is whether in the years ahead, we have more freedom or less freedom. More rights or fewer. I know what I want the answer to be, and I think you do too. This is not a time to be complacent. Uh-oh. Here it comes. That's why I'm running for re-election. Because I know America. He knows it. I know we're good and decent people. I know we're still a country that believes in honesty and respect and treating each other with dignity. That we're a nation where we give hate no safe harbor. We believe that everyone is equal, that everyone should be given a fair shot to succeed. Except MAGA Republicans. In this country. Thank you for choosing us. Now just watch the montage that goes on of Biden either hugging or shaking the hands with or creeping out just a bunch of different black women and a couple of black. And we need to show Biden with as many minorities as possible. 
There's one. Every generation of Americans has faced a moment when they have to defend democracy. Stand up for our personal freedom. Stand up for the right to vote and our civil rights. Civil rights. Yeah, there he is. There's Biden walking and Selma. And this is our moment. That must be so, I would think, just condescending. If you have to do a photo shoot like this, it's all right. Let's bring the president in and let me get out. Because when you do these these films, these commercials, they, yeah, the camera guy, the cinematographer, just got to make the frame look right. And they got to populate the images with the right number of people. So everything is the framing's right. And you have the type of characters in there that you want to showcase. You know, in these commercials are going, OK, we need another black guy right here. We need to get this this black guy. I need to move him here. But let me get a black woman here. It, it, like just talking to people in that way is definitely going on on these sets. And it's like we need to surround the president with as many black people as possible so we can pretend that he didn't put a bunch of black people in jail with his crime bill or that he hasn't said a bunch of a number of racist things. Since he's become president. And I know he's an older guy. People talk different. But when I say racist, what I mean is, had Trump or anybody else who doesn't agree with Biden said even close to some of the things that that, uh, Biden has said, they would just be smeared uh, endlessly as a racist. No, he's running. See, he has energy. Half these images don't even have Joe in them. It's just random people on a subway shooting basketball. We the people in Hockenstein. A dog. A dog. So they show this guy petting a dog. You know what they should do? They should show that pound puppy dog that the Bidens got rid of after the, all of the media celebrated the, the first ever pound puppy in the White House. It was a wags to riches story that what they don't actually talk about is ended rather tragically when they gave the dog the boot because it was too much for them to handle. It was a prop. So if you're with me, go to JoeBiden.com and sign up. JoeBiden.com. Let's finish this job. I know we can. There it was. This is the United States of America. There's nothing, simply nothing we cannot do if we do it together. Let's finish the job. Joe Biden. JoeBiden.com. So JoeBiden.com is not even loading. It won't even load the site. Must be getting overwhelmed with people. Joe Biden for president. Let's see if we can get there. Finally. Joe's in. Are you in? It gives you the option to give him a bunch of money. No. Uh, You know, I I think that if I were a Democrat considering voting for him, I'm going to need need Joe Biden to get off his ass and come talk to a crowd of people and generate some excitement. I'm not just going to start donating money for a guy who's sitting in his basement doing a presidential sit. I want to see a presidential run is what I want to see. You know, I just feel kind of like AI wrote that script, like, there could not have been a less thoughtful presidential announcement than that. It's just the same old, same old. Dark music, like I said, MAGA, light music, hopeful, elevator music, really. And you throw the voiceover in with some uh, Biden with different types of people that he wants votes from. And, and there you have it. It's, it's, I, I, I could, I don't see Biden 
even watch, being able to watch this announcement. Like, I don't think he could get through this thing without either falling asleep or wandering off somewhere and trying to smell some random child's hair. Which, by the way, a lot of you might not know this. Every child in America is vulnerable to at some point just randomly having the president sneak up on them and burying his head into their head and taking a big deep whiff, except for one child. There's only one child who knows that President Biden will never get within 100 miles of her, and that is the daughter that Hunter Biden had with a stripper in Arkansas. Because the entire Biden family refuses to even recognize that child. So, sorry kid, your dad sucks and is awful, but at least your granddad won't be sniffing your hair. What an awful, awful thing. That, that st- people, just, people ignore that story. He didn't even want to recognize the kid. He made them do a paternity test. She had to take him to court in Arkansas. And it is his kid. And he won't even let it have his last name. Piece of trash, man. Anyway, the ad was lazy. It was like the equivalent of an old man going, ah, do it for me. And then going back to sleep. So that's Biden's, that should be his campaign. Ah, do it for me. And then he goes back to sleep. Biden 2024. And I guess we're just going to have to endure a whole nother Biden campaign where he talks about Charlottesville and, and evil MAGA Trumpers, because that's this is literally the exact same thing that he did in 2020. You know, vote for me. Why? Because he's evil and I'm not him. Biden 2024. Then he falls asleep, starts drooling. Probably sniffing someone in his dreams. Don't wake him up. He's sniffing a child in his dreams. I'm going to end the show right there today. Thank you guys for hanging out, for listening, for watching. And we'll talk to you next time. Have a fantastic rest of your day.